Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trapesky. I'm an executive coach and consultant and mindset mastery expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you move your business forward while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. As always, I am so grateful that you've come to listen to our wonderful conversations and my occasional musings and solo episodes. If you've not yet given us a rating and left a review, I invite you to do so. As you may know, your review helps other entrepreneurs like you find us and to join this community of wonderful, kind, and giving people. The journey of entrepreneurship can be quite isolating, so it's my highest intention to level the playing field and provide free evergreen content, and a sense of belonging to anyone who can access podcasts. If you find yourself wondering where to start, you're confused or frustrated, and maybe even a little lonely and misunderstood in this wild and fascinating journey of entrepreneurship, I would suggest starting with episode three with Pam Sams. Her words of wisdom about how to develop a trust in yourself And how when you're intentional, the universe or your personal higher power will deliver what you need. I believe this episode will lift you up and support you in regaining your perspective and direction. So cue up episode three with Pam Sams for your next listen. On to today's episode. In today's episode, I am so excited to be speaking with the brilliant and effervescent Shivani Ray of Financial Freedom. Shivani shares with us how she came to be such a strong advocate for financial literacy for children and teens, and much of the impetus came from traveling the world for five years with her family. There's a poignant moment in our conversation where Shivani tells us that some of the happiest people she met in her travels were also some of the poorest, living in conditions that most in the Western world would consider unacceptable. It was as a young teenager that she realized that money is not the key to happiness, but it is a tool which can be used to open doors, buy things you want, and to help others. You won't want to miss when she tells the story about how her mom helped a woman get medical treatment and the impact it made on Shivani in wanting to dedicate a percentage of her financial resources to helping others. Shivani is only 21 years old with the wisdom of a sage and talking with her about mindset tips for opening conversations about money, money mindset, and building healthy money habits inspired me to engage more with my own children about money. I'm also inspired to continue examining my personal beliefs and habits around money, and I believe you will be inspired to do the same. If you have children, or if there are children in your life who would benefit from learning about and pre-programming their money mindset, I strongly encourage you to check out financialfreedom.com to learn more. So grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Shivani and her amazing journey. Shivani, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited to have you here. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. Me too. When we were in the green room warming up, I was like, oh, oh I want to talk about this and I want to talk about that. So I'm just, I'm thrilled <laughs> to just dive in. But before we do dive in, um, I always like to share with our listeners where you're located in the world or where you are today. So right now I'm currently in Sin City, Las Vegas, which is kind of ironic given the fact of some of the stuff we're going to be talking about, about financial education. I'm in the one place where that goes out the window. Apparently. Right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we need it a little bit more here, actually. So maybe I am in the right place, but Las Vegas. Awesome. And you've lived in Vegas for a while now, right? A couple of years or a few years? Um, so my family's been in Vegas since about 2015, but I've only recently come back to Vegas and get to spend time with them. Mm -hmm. Very cool. I have family actually in Vegas and in um, Henderson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like, that's actually exactly where I'm based. So that's so cool. Yeah. Well, it's so exciting to have you here from live from Sin City. Um, And, you know, we're going to be talking about what you do and kind of your journey. So I don't know where the best starting point is. I'm going to leave that up to you. Do you want to tell us what you do and how you got here or... I give sure, it to you I'll, to take away. I'll, I'll give you a little like backstory behind how I got here first, I think, because there's a lot of pivotal moments that people are probably wondering, like, okay, she's a 21-year-old speaker, gamification expert. Now she's doing this. There's, <laughs> I got to put the pieces together for you. Connect so, those dots. Mm-hmm. So 2010 was one of the biggest starting points of where I am today, which is when my family had to leave the United States. So I was born and raised um, in the US, but my family are from the UK. And we were faced with a little bit of a dilemma uh, when we got a call from our lawyers saying that we had to leave the United States because of immigration reasons, because my parents were British. So instead of going back to the UK, we actually decided to pack up four red bags, sold 90% of our stuff and go to India. Now, while technically I am Indian, we have no family over there. So it was a complete foreign uh, place to us. We, my sister and I didn't really know much about where we were going other than the fact that technically our family has heritage from there. And we knew that there was a Taj Mahal and little bits and pieces here and there. (laughs) And frankly, we just, and curry. (laughs) And, uh, And we just decided to go on an adventure. And what we thought was going to be one year of us traveling turned into a five-year global adventure. And we got to, you know, learn on our own terms, uh, which is a very big and important factor in my life. And we homeschooled during that time, got to learn about the places that we were going to, uh, learn about different cultures and food and traditions and all these different things. And when it came to homeschooling, we got to really pick and choose the topics and subjects that we wanted to learn about. So instead of learning just the traditional, you know, math, English, and all that kind of stuff, we got to learn about things like marine biology. I was really fascinated by it. And so I wanted to dive deeper and uh, pun intended, I actually did my diving certification at 12 to take that learning to like one next step. And then, you know, learning about like neuro-linguistic programming or NLP, personality analysis, like all these different things that don't really get taught um, in the traditional education system, including uh, like financial literacy. And so uh, fast forward a little bit. So 2015, I joined the world's leading gamification company and I studied and trained uh, gamification, essentially how you take game-based learning and teach people through games. So imagine learning 
things like speaking skills, marketing, business skills, all these different kind of life skills, but in a game-based environment. And these, this is for adults. This is not for, this wasn't specifically designed for kids. Uh, we had a lot of kids in the training rooms, but it was all for adults. And so I got to do that for a while. And then after that point, I went back to India and worked with the business leading coach, Rajiv Pelareja, and got to do amazing stuff there. And then that leads me to working where I do now, and that is with financial freedom. So I get to help kids, teens, and their families learn how to become financially smart. And that really became a passion of mine because of the fact that I know that this is one of the things that are missing in the education system, unfortunately. And it's not the education system's fault. You know, they have a lot on their plate already and a lot of pressure from different uh, places to teach and meet certain standards and stuff. But that's why I love what we do here at Financial Freedom is we get to really go to the parents and to the kids and get to work with them on building something that we all have to deal with, which is money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, keep thinking about like my oldest child is 18 and she keeps saying like, I wish they taught us things like how to only use a checkbook, but how to balance a checkbook and how to do your file, your taxes and how to plan, how to budget, how to do all those things. And you, you can learn a bit of that. And if you decide to take an elective, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's not part of the, you know, compulsory education piece, which I think is a real downside to our, particularly to the public education system. And we're huge fans of public education, but it's just, you're right. It's like, there's, there's so many other things that they're, that they need to do for various reasons, good, bad, or indifferent. And they're leaving out a whole bunch of life skill. Mm-hmm. So financial freedom. I love the name of the company. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about like what you do there. We'll start with that. I'm sure I'll have other questions. (laughs) So uh, at Financial Freedom, we take kids and teens through um, an online platform and program where we go through what we call the LEAP model. So um, what we do is we go through L-E-A-P and it all stands for something. So learn is L and we teach one thing about money. So whether it's uh, where money came from or the difference between a debit card or a credit card, you know, like just anything you can actually learn about money. So that's learn. And then we go through E, which is earn. And in earn, we actually teach one way that a kid or teen can earn money. So online or offline. So imagine like the traditional things like um, car wash or lemonade stand or, you know, some of those kind of things, shoveling snow, um, you know, any of that kind of stuff or online, which is like, through reselling items or creating your own products or Amazon Depop, like all these different things that kids can do from from their homes. So we go through that. Then we go through A, which is for Accelerate. So now that they've started to earn money, they start to know stuff about money, how do they accelerate it? How do they grow it? Um, And so we teach them investing and saving strategies. And then in P for Play, we really wrap it up with For example, the habits that they need to build in their life so that all the stuff that we've talked about actually gets implemented. Uh, We talk about mindfulness and, you know, what's your mentality uh, around things in life or even money matters. And so we really use that. I like to say it's like the bow on on the gift, like the bow on top, the icing on the cake, because you need all of those kind of things to make sure that everything else actually 
you know, happens. So mm-hmm. we go through that model and the kids and teens will go through that um, every month and get to learn and, and really implement some of the stuff that we talk about. I love it. I mean, it seems like it's really well thought out. And if I remember right, there's quite a lot of research behind it. And I'm just curious, well, when, how do you find people? And then the second piece is, is it like, how do you sell it? Like, how is it a program or is it membership or how does that work? It's, it's a program. Um, so right now we're in the process of actually building out a whole gamified platform, which I'm super, super stoked about um, <laughs> to really take it to the next level. Because, you know, kids and teens, they, they, I'll put it this way. Let's say I was, when I was in school, I was pretty bored most of the time sitting there at my desk and just not wanting to be yeah. there. I'd much rather go play with my friends. And so when we really take game-based things and elements and put them into learning, people are going to absorb so much more because they're having fun while doing it. And that's really one of the biggest like parts of financial freedom. It's, it's literally in our name. Um, is okay. We want to make the learning fun. And so it's a program where, you know, we have videos and people go through them. Um, there's games that are going to be added uh, now. And I'm just really excited about that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the people who um, we reach out to, we're directly to the parents right now. We would love to be in more like schools. We do have uh, partnerships with some schools, I believe. But what we found is that it's much easier to get to the parents because even though the schools want the best for, you know, our, the kids, sometimes there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, taking that one step deeper and going straight to parents, um, firstly allows parents and kids to learn together, which I am a huge fan of. Uh, My family are the type of people that I've, let's just say I've never not, learned with my family. Like mm-hmm. I have always been in a position where my dad and I would go to events together and we would learn together always. And I loved that because it really firstly brings you closer together, but it's just such a bonding experience. And frankly, you're taking your both of your lives next level. So Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so funny as you were talking about like how, the learn or sorry, the leap um, model, I was like, I want to take it. <laughs> we, have a lot, we have a lot of parents that are like, I bought this for my kid, but I love it. <laughs> I'm spending the time on it. Well, you know, and I was thinking one of the questions I was going to ask you is like what you would recommend for adults who would love mm-hmm. to learn if they can do it with their kids. It depends on the age of the kids and how willing they are, but I guess they can have a login and go over the, the materials themselves. But um, to, to answer that question, though, we do have two aspects of financial. We have the kids uh, stuff and then we have the teens content. And so the kids is all animated. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. all animated to make it a little bit more uh, appropriate and friendly Mm -hmm. and, you know, just more fun. And then we have the teens version, which actually I get to be involved with. So I'm the one teaching in all the videos. So we have two levels so that, you know, when kids get to that age, we're like, oh, I'm too old for cartoons. They can go and watch me. And then when you know, parents, they all, they always say this, like, I feel like kids, they love cartoons, then they hate cartoons. And then we grow a little, they grow a little bit older, they go back to cartoons. Yep. <laughs> all the parents <laughs> love the animated content. Uh-huh. I love it. Oh, cute. Well, I, I think that's really cool too, because, you know, we, as we were saying, kind of in, before we started recording, everybody 
has something about money that they could examine, whether it's their relationship to it or an experience of their childhood or some other experience of it that often is not a positive connection. And I think a lot of people don't understand how much their internal dialogue that they may not even be aware of impacts their ability to like, you know, earn and grow what they have and invest and create financial freedom and all of that. So I feel like, you know, you get to teach this to children when they're still, their brains are still developing and their habits are still forming and they're thinking things through, or they're not thinking things through, but it'll be in there when they do start to think things through in their mid twenties. So, because they have teenagers, like they just, it's just the way their brains are wired up. Like sometimes I look at them and go, did you think that through? And they'll say, mom, (laughs) my brain doesn't (laughs) do that. (laughs) I don't know if I should be proud of them or be a little concerned, but (laughs) but I feel like (laughs) habits, you said something really interesting about creating the habits that Mm -hmm. it takes 60 days minimum to create a new habit. And so when kids have the opportunity at a young age to learn about something in a really positive and fun way, perhaps you, your company is helping train up a whole generation of people who are going to have such a healthier relationship with and to money. Oh, I truly, truly believe that because yeah, exactly. As you said, like the habits, when, when kids start to implement this early and this is why we aim for kids between seven and 17 is because they'll start to implement these habits and then it'll just become a part of life. It'll mm-hmm. just become a norm. And that's what we want to see for kids, teens, and just generations to come where people don't have to feel like that money is some big, heavy, icky topic. Cause unfortunately it's either that or they feel entitled. Um, mm-hmm. And they have, you know, an abundance, like not an abundance mindset, but they're like, Oh, money's all like, eh, you know? So it's fascinating to see the conversations that I have with, kids around money and with parents around money because you see a couple things most parents I find are far more uh, looking at money from a oh I gotta I gotta I gotta keep it I gotta protect it I gotta make sure I have it you know from a from almost a survival and place a mm. scarcity place and with kids especially today I find that they see money being spent all the time. They rarely ever see it being saved or invested and they don't have those conversations. And because those conversations are not having, are not being had, they grow up with, a with either just seeing that and that's, that's all they know about money. It's like, oh yeah, money's being used to, to buy things. Well, there's so many different aspects of money that we know are important, like saving it, investing it, and, and, you know, implementing those skills to grow it. But it doesn't get talked about, because Mm -hmm. money is such a almost taboo subject. I mean, one of the uh, biggest fears, I think the number one fear for most adults is like, even above death is running out of money. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. And I I mean, I've had clients who are who are have done very, very well, and are multimillionaires who will tell me their biggest fear is becoming homeless. And, and I know not to laugh, right? But mm-hmm. inside I'm like, what are they talking about? And it's old programming. It's stuff that until they hear themselves say that and recognize that that's pretty absurd unless 
somebody, I mean, really extreme circumstance like identity theft and unrecoverable money or something like that, that it's literally not even possible that that's going to happen. And it, and it's, I mean, I don't do money mindset work, but I do a lot of mindset work with my clients and we just, I, let's get curious about that. Like, where, what do you think that's about? Hmm, tell me more. Yeah. yeah. And it's just because of all that old programming, all that old mindset uh, about money. And frankly, like the conversation of money with kids is a very different conversation than you have with adults mm-hmm. because kids, they're looking at money from wanting to build a lifestyle. If you talk to any kid right now and ask them, hey, why do you want money? They're going to give you a list of reasons. And I assure you, it's all going to do with building a lifestyle or going and traveling to this place or getting this object or, you know, it's all lifestyle based versus I want money so that I can be financially stable and not have to struggle. Like, I don't think I've ever heard a child say that, but the reason why it's so important to see the difference between the, the type of conversation is because when, you know, parents have conversations about money moving forward, they can link it to the stuff that's relevant for, mm-hmm. for their kids and teens because kids and teens will implement all of the good money habits and all the things if it aligns with what they desire and what they want in life. So if we have, we have kids that are in the program that are learning all these good habits and implementing the saving strategies and doing all the stuff that we know is great for them, but their goal, like we have a, I think he's about seven or eight now and he's saving up for a Ferrari. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Like, it's amazing. Watch him be like six foot five and then get in a Ferrari and hate it. But this is another <laughs> <laughs> The most important aspect is that he's implementing all these really healthy yeah. money habits early on. And that's going to stick with him for the rest of his life. Yeah. Because yeah, now so he's cool. aligned it with something that's that that he finds that he wants and what's important to him. And yes, mm-hmm. it you know may, maybe it's a little ridiculous, but I think frankly, if he's gonna start implementing this now, and frankly, he's probably gonna end up getting Ferrari because he's implementing it now. <laughs> he's gonna have good money habits for the rest of his life, and that Absolutely. that's what's incredible because we're we're not even reprogramming; we're going before the program even like takes place and like sticks in your head and implements all these good things so that, you know, later on in the future when, you know, they're, they're wanting to buy a house, get married, you know, do, you know, anything, get, go down a certain career path. They already have a foundation that's super solid and strong. And that's one of the biggest parts about what we do and what we teach is because we know that we're preparing them to succeed in all aspects of life. We know that money is just a tool. And if you use it correctly, and if you, you know, manage it properly, you're gonna do well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, too, because I think a lot of times when people think of financial freedom, they think retirement. Mm -hmm. And with my clients, you know, when I ask them what their financial goals are and why they're all the things, what, how does it align with where you're headed and all of those questions? One of the things that usually comes through because my clients really love what they do and they're not thinking I'm going to clock out at 65. They're thinking, I want the freedom Mm -hmm. to leave this business or to sell it or whatever when I want to. 
-hmm. not at a particular point, which is a very different thing than planning for retirement. Yes. And it's subtle word wise, but it's huge in terms of mindset. So I thought, you know, that really jumped out at me when you were talking about freedom and, you know, choosing a particular career path, right? So I don't actually agree with this starving artist mentality, but this still creeps in. My daughter is a singer songwriter and she has been, she's a senior in high school. She has multiple times been asked by her counselor at school, with you know, good intentions. Are you sure you want to apply to performing arts colleges? Like, don't you want to like apply here to UNC? You could probably get in. Your grades are great. Your scores are great. And she's like, they don't have the right program for me. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, it's, she said, you know, I, I appreciate that people are thinking that they're looking out for my highest good, but why couldn't I make a good living being a singer songwriter? Right. Because all I have to do is write songs and find the genre that works and grab that niche and go for it. And so she doesn't have the mindset that she's going to have to work in restaurants and, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but she doesn't have this mindset that she's going to have to go, you know, try to piecemeal a life together. She's like, no, I'm going to build a career, you know? And I think that that's a very different mindset too. And I, I, I found that a lot of the parents that we talk to are very, which I love, are very supportive of the fact that they're looking at their kids from a, okay, a career. What, what do you want to do? What, yeah. and, and even if you don't know, yeah, how do you build a foundation so that you can choose? Yeah. And what are you interested in and what lights you up? And, and you know, so one thing she, when she turned 18 this year, she called her dad and asked him to give her seed money for an IRA account. <laughs> and I was like, She's so my kid (laughs) and and her dad, who's an economist, you know, thought that was a really wise and, and, you know, valuable thing to do. But he's like, well, why aren't you asking for like a computer or whatever? And she's like, yeah, I don't know. The one I have will last, you know, me through college. So now what I really want is something that, that helps shape my future and give me a solid foundation. And I will say, I'm not going to, I don't take a lot of credit for that. I actually think she sort of came to the world that way. And yes, we have a lot of conversations about money, but I didn't teach her to think that way. She developed that, I think maybe modeling a little bit of what she's grown up around, but mostly because she decided she was like, boom, this is what I want out of my life. And I know I'm going to have to be, you know, really diligent and whatever. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And most, it's so cool. Most kids, most kids aren't that way, unfortunately. No. I mean, okay. I have two kids. They're like polar opposites. I know my son's like, I don't know. I want to go skateboard. I'm like, okay, go skateboard. We'll talk about your future later. <laughs> but, but, that's, but that's like awesome that you're, you're having these conversations. I mean, I know most, most parents, they, they have so much on their plates already that talking about money and implementing good money habits is something that like comes up like when it comes up and not like something that someone's actively thinking about. Um, And so, you know, that's, and frankly, a lot of kids don't listen to their parents when it comes to many different things. You know, I find, yeah, I think they listen. They just pretend like they're not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's really good to have like an external source where, where they're like, oh yeah, this person said this versus like, oh yeah, my parents said for me to do this, but I don't know. Like, <laughs> like oh yeah, it's it's a different feeling that they come from um, when they hear it from from somewhere else. So 
that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we tell parents all the time. It's like, Hey, we know that your kids may not listen to you sometimes, so we can do it for you. <laughs> and the funny thing is, it's like one of the, I just had a conversation yesterday, literally yesterday with a fellow parent. And, and he said, you know, it's so crazy. Like my son will come back to me and say things with the same language and the same everything about some concept that we've been talking about, but he would have heard it from someone else. And so now he buys in. It's <laughs> like the, the big challenge with parenting is not being attached to being right. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. inside my head, I'm going, I already talked about this. Why, you, know, like, <laughs> you laid the foundation and then somebody else came and finished it off for you. But I agree. I mean, one is like also... I think it's important for us to have these conversations, all kinds of deep and meaningful conversations with children. If I could go back and do it all over again, I would have started talking about money a lot earlier with my kids. But most right? parents feel mm-hmm. the same. But I think that even so, like you were saying, having something else to add to it. And I love like the, the way this works for the little kids and for the teenagers is that they have a way of making it, you have a way of making it fun so that they can go and practice mm-hmm. and it's not like homework. Cause the last thing I'm telling yeah. you, the last thing I want is have to go look over, especially my younger one's shoulder and go, have you done your money homework yet? <laughs> Just have them do sure. it because they like it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's one of the reasons why like we do the way we do, because we want the kids to be we want the kids to be excited to, to earn their own money, to work yeah. towards something, to, to watch the videos and be like, Hey, like, look what I did. Um, we have a, a bunch of stories where we have kids like starting up their own businesses and, you know, starting saving money and they're super, super happy about it and super mm-hmm. excited about it. And it's not coming from a place of like, Oh, did you like, are, are, it's not coming from a place of, of, did you learn about money today? Mm-hmm. No, it's coming from a place of excitement and wanting to you know, test new things. Uh, I think one of the biggest things I say on every interview podcast, you know, whatever it is, is the first thing I highly recommend any family to do is just simply talk about money because frankly, mm-hmm. most people don't. Yeah. Most people keep it hidden or, you know, they just, it comes up when it's, it start like their struggle and if that's the first conversation of money, then, you know, no wonder we have certain mindsets around money as we get older. And then also, you know, looking as a parent, when you're talking about money, coming from a really non-biased place about like, hey, this is what money is. This is mm-hmm. what money can get you. This State is what the happens. facts. State the facts. Mm-hmm. And, and know that money is simply something that can open doors for you. It's something that you can use to get what you want. Um, it's something that can, you know, either help you thrive in life or keep you stay. There's so many ways to look at money. That's not just coming from this place of heaviness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so many people do. I know growing up, I saw a lot of money struggle. And so now I'm working on beliefs that I have around money now that I'm older, that I'm like, oh, that's interesting that I'm having mm-hmm. this thought around it. I shouldn't, I know that I shouldn't, but it's coming up. Why is this feeling coming up? Mm-hmm. And rooting back to growing up, seeing the struggles with money and and, and rewiring myself to now have more a, a much more positive relationship with money. And mm-hmm. you know, even as parents, I feel like a lot of parents don't realize, even if they don't talk about money, kids are aware 
of what's going on. And yeah. they're, they're, they're seeing what's happening. And that alone, like even if you never mention money, they're going to form beliefs around it. And so you better get ahead of the game and start just talking about it simply and, you know, introducing the concept, you know, hey, this is the bills we pay. Uh, this is what our lifestyle costs. Hey, guess how much we're going to spend on groceries? Like, that's one of the games that we play with younger kids. Like, oh, when you're fun. in the store, you know, play a guessing game with your kids and be like, okay, this is all the stuff we got. How much do you think it came up to? And it gets them to understand, like, the value of a dollar or whatever currency, you know, whatever part of the world you're from. But gets them thinking about it. As long as they're thinking about it and they're they're being introduced to it early, they're just with that alone, they're probably going to have a much more positive relationship with money. That's so interesting. We used to play that game. And every once in a while with my kids, when they were younger, I would say, we have enough money. We always have enough money, but there's something else we want to do. And so I can't remember what it would like, go to a fair or something that, you know, costs some money. And so when we go to the grocery store this time, we're going to think about what we have at home, which we've listed. And we're going to have, I would set X dollar amount and I would have them do the math. (laughs) And because there were many times when they would like practically go and grab all the things. Why are all the cookies right at children's eye level? I don't know, but they would go and try to get six (laughs) things. But the thing that we were, you know, air quotes here, sort of like saving money or or making, making room for was something they really wanted. And it was adorable and fun. So I, after that, I really learned something is one is they really understood like a little bit of delayed gratification, which is really hard for children. And also like the value of picking something up and putting it into a cart and what Mm -hmm. that connects to. Yeah. And I think because especially with online, you know, shopping and this, it's so easy for kids to, I mean, I've I've heard stories about kids buying like thousands of dollars worth of stuff on accident online. (laughs) And and you think about it, it's like it, I feel like because those conversations aren't being had about, hey, you know, this is the stuff that we're shopping in person, but it's the same way online. Like even just like that, that mm-hmm. simple conversation about understanding, okay, this is how you purchase things, but you got to think about what do you have? What do you want? Is there something that you want in particular that you maybe you need to save towards? And just talk about it like that just very simple conversations early on you can get like deeper as as time goes on and talk about for example like taxes and but those are conversations that you should have before it comes to the last minute where it's like oh this is the year you have to pay taxes and i don't know what to do (laughs) 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 exactly these are conversations that should be had before it's too late before they're thrown into deep end so many young adults do feel like they've been thrown into the deep end money wise um, when they, when they, you know, have to choose to go to college or mm-hmm. get an apartment, have a car, you know, anything like that. One of the first big money choices that a child makes, for example, is choosing to go to college, which is essentially a lot of times having student debt. Yeah. That's one of the, first aspects of like money that they that they interact with and it's going into debt versus having a conversation about making sure that you're saving up to you know what whatever it is you want to do i think that's fascinating 
mm-hmm. because if that's one of the first choices they're making around money, how is that going to impact their future? And and if they're not having the conversations around saving and investing before that point, I think it's a little backwards in my, at least from my perspective, mm-hmm. they should have the, the, the knowledge and awareness around making sure that you're, any money that you receive is being split between, you know, spending money, uh, between saving, between an investing, something that they can do with investing and even giving. One of the things that we talk about in financial is, is to split money those four ways and giving is one of them. So, you know, 10% of everything that, you know, the kids either make or receive goes into a give jar and they get to choose something to contribute back to something that's close to their heart and that's that's one of the biggest aspects of my life that I've been so grateful for because it's really opened my eyes to the fact that money is a tool that I can use but it's also a tool that I can use to help others Mm -hmm. and building Mm -hmm. that empathy and understanding for my sixth or seventh birthday instead of asking for presents I told everyone like hey no I don't I don't want presents this year could you all just give me money because I'm gonna donate it to a certain place and I raised like 700 800 dollars um and I was able to do that and give it to a a community in, in actually Mexico and you know help them out over there so like that kind of stuff and those kind of conversations lead to a a bigger understanding of money too, just from a place of like, Hey, it's not just, you know, my ecosystem that I'm, you know, helping fuel, but I can also help so much more if I choose to. So Mm. I love that. And so my daughter calls that kind of empathy and compassion, squishy heart. And I was just thinking (laughs) such a squishy heart. I love that, you know, at six or seven years old, kudos to your parents for, for exposing you in some way to understanding that there are other people in the world beyond the four walls of your home. Um, I think that's, that's huge and says a lot about their commitment to parenting. Um, I think it's, you know, you said something so important and I, I want to tie it back a little bit to travel. Cause that was such an interesting conversation we were having. It's like mm-hmm. your worldview changes when one's worldview changes, when they have the opportunity at the very least to leave their town, state province and go elsewhere in their own country. And a lot more when we get the opportunity to leave our own country. And given that you were traveling the world for many years how do you, how would you say that's impacted your own worldview? And what do you think in general, how that in, can impact kids? I fully believe that travel opens up uh, so many, firstly, conversations around just understanding that the world is not just you and your family or, you know, me, myself and I, a lot of, I feel like a lot of young um, people feel very much so in a bubble of their own little world. And for me, I look at the world as like endless opportunity, endless people I can meet, um, so many things I can learn and grow from. And I love that because that's just been naturally instilled in me because of the traveling that I've done. It's also uh, the type of traveling that I did. It wasn't just, you know, fancy hotels and this and you know like lavish you know excursions i mean we did do a lot of that too but we also had the total opposite experience of being able to go into for example like the slums of india or in nepal we met up with a 
like a women's group that helped bring women out of, you know, the circus unit. And mm-hmm. um, it, like we had those type of interactions and conversations growing up and got to see the good, the bad, the ugly and everything in between. And that gave me such a sense of understanding of the world that there's so much that we don't see. And just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's, it's not there. Um, and the conversation of like, for example, money, I really think there was an instance where we were in India and we were walking, uh, through the slums. We worked with a lot of the like uh, some schools over there, just going and, you know, singing with the kids and interacting. It was, it was a wonderful time and it really brightened their day. But I remember we were walking through and someone in the slums that we knew through the school, I was having a really hard time with some medical things and it wasn't even that expensive, the stuff that was, you know, going on and what they needed. And so spontaneously my mom took care of it and the joy and happiness that just that little thing helped that person. It was like those things that I saw growing up totally changed my perspective of firstly money, but also the fact that these people living in some of the worst places were the happiest people on earth and proved that money does not link to happiness, but money is a tool that can help you do and grow whatever you want. Like those two examples, the fact that, Hey, she needed money to get this medical thing, but she was the happiest person. And some of the people with the least amount of money, like you see the contrast of the fact that, hey, you don't need money to be happy, but money can help you open the doors you want. Yeah, and that was enhance one a of the, lot. Yeah. Exactly. And that's one of the biggest points that I make when I talk about it is because we can talk about money and how good it is and how we need it and 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 so on. But coming from the angle of just like money and happiness linking, I I don't believe so but it definitely can help you with things. Yeah, it can open doors, right? And enhance your your experiences. You, when you were talking about some of the poorest people or some of the happiest, I was remembering a documentary that I saw on Netflix probably two or three years ago, I think. And I can't remember the name of it, but they they studied people around the world and their level of happiness. And And I don't think the whole idea was to see if there was a link to money, but what came out of it and what I remember most from that documentary was that some of the absolute happiest and most grateful people had very little compared to what we have in the Western world. Mm -hmm. And, and there was one man, it was in, in in India, somewhere in the slums in, I think in, in one of the larger cities. And he, (laughs) he lived in like a little lean to with a tarp for a roof. And there was a hole in the tarp and when it would rain, it would leak. And he was so excited that he he had a bucket to catch the water because they could use that for bathing or they could boil it and they could use it for eating and drinking. And I was like, wow, because, you know, I've grown up in a really cushy lifestyle compared to that. <laughs> I've always had, you know, a timber or other kind of roof in, in a structured, you know, habitation. Wow. And I just, I, it really touched my soul and reminded me for my own self to stop thinking about like what I don't have or what I haven't achieved yet or whatever the the not enough stuff is as an entrepreneur, this is a huge challenge, Mm -hmm. huge challenge to wrestle with that mindset because 
we're always, we're usually creative people. We usually have lots of great ideas. So I want our listeners to hear this, you know, but I see you (laughs) and, you know, remember that it's not just about the money or having more or doing more. It's so much more about kind of tapping into our own selves to exploring what's going on around us. You may not you know, have ever left the country, but maybe go into an area of where you live. That's not your usual place and just see what's different on the other side of the tracks. And, you know, don't gawk at people or anything crazy like that, but, you know, (laughs) to experience and to appreciate the human condition. And I mean, I just, I think that's, I was just very struck by that. When you said that, I thought, you know, I remember watching that documentary and just thinking, I mean, we're so lucky in many ways to have so much yeah. and to be that fortunate and privileged and all those things. But to, to many people are still miserable and have, you know, on paper, have mm-hmm. it all. Mm-hmm. So and just, just like on the topic of, you know, entrepreneurship, I one the re- one of the biggest reasons why we teach kids to earn money not just for the sake of like earning money, but like starting a business and doing something on their own early on versus like going and getting a job is because there's so many life skills that come with being entrepreneurial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you probably know this. The listeners probably know this. You learn negotiation. You learn about marketing yourself. You learn about, you know, just leadership and management and, you know, taking if their business is growing so much so that they need to like bring on more people, they have to learn all about that process. Mm-hmm. And I find it so insightful, like how many life skills actually do come from being an entrepreneur or being mm-hmm. entrepreneurial. I say this to the kids and teens. I'm like, Hey, you don't have to do this forever. You don't have to choose what you're going to do for the rest of your life. You don't have to start a business and stick with it if you want to, but at least start the process and mm-hmm. test the waters because if anything, you're going to learn. from it. Um, yeah. So when you, when you mentioned the whole entrepreneurial side of things, it's like, that's, that's something that I, I wanted to you know point out because you really do learn so much. Mm-hmm. from just even stepping in the shoes and learning how to you know, manage your own business. Uh, even if it's as simple as a lemonade stand, it's still a business. I mean, you're, Absolutely. Still, you're still doing uh, the same things that you would in a large business, but the fundamentals are all the same, no matter you know what business it is. Mm-hmm. So, And it's also not just in theory, right? I was thinking about, and I think this is a really good opportunity, but my stepson took an entrepreneur elective in high school and it was, it was so cool, right? They bring this whole thing together and they write the business plan and they do the marketing plan and all of that. That's it though. They don't actually start the business. So it's all in theory, which is, is really, that's also a good skill set to know how to write a business plan and a marketing plan and put all that stuff together. And I think it would have been enhanced if they had actually part of the project had been to launch it. Yeah. And to, to make it, you know, something that's a low capital investment to get started or, or no, no investment to get started, but to actually put it into action. And so yeah. but it did, it did open his mind a lot and it helps now he's got, you know, as he's, he's the same yeah. age as my daughter or same grade as my daughter and looking at college and, you know, thinking about what he wants to do. 
And he's like, well, you know, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I know that it's going to be in the engineering world and it's going to be, you know, probably more business focused type engineering, whatever that, whatever that looks like. So he might like minor in business because he really enjoyed that entrepreneurship class that he took in high school. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that's, I think that's cool. I'm, I'm, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking, you know, I need to go back to the website and maybe invite my 15 year old to do this program because he's kind of, you know, just wired up differently. He's not a really built for the public school system and stuff. So he's kind of mm, rudderless, you know, kind of like flapping a little bit, which I don't have zero expectation that he should know what he wants to do at 15, but it might be something to focus on that could be really interesting and build some great life skills. So for our listeners, (laughs) if you have, you know, a kid who seems not to have direction, this would be a really interesting investment. And I think very, very worthwhile in helping just if nothing more, give them something solid to hold on to. If they don't love school, don't sweat it too much. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're educated people and we still kind of are like, eh, I mean, grades, do they really matter that much? You know, we're not, we're not really sure how much all this stuff really matters, right? In the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. But building that skill set and having the opportunity to I, I would say it's important. I would say that our program is great for kids and teens um, and, and families mm-hmm. who who want to just build that foundation so that they can choose whatever it is they want to do. And even if they choose something and decide, Hey, this is not for me, they still have a foundation totally, and they still yeah. have everything that they need to, to build upon. It's also a great learning experience from just, you know, dipping your hands and feet into, you know, the entrepreneurial space and, and learning how to start a business and earning some money. Hey, I, if you ask any kid, Hey, do you want to learn how to you, how you can make money and save up for whatnot item or this experience? Every single one of them is probably gonna be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you will not even finish asking the question before they answer it. This is for sure. Well, and I just, I keep thinking about how it's more than financial literacy, what you're doing. I mean, you're really reshaping and maybe pre-programming children's mm-hmm. minds how, in, a, in a really positive kind of way for, I mean, imagine the self-confidence that it builds yeah. to know that you can create something and make money from it and make something happen by yourself. That yeah. I think is, that's gold. <laughs> Cause we, this we, is, we live, you know, in a world where there is so much self-doubt, there's mm-hmm. so much, uh, stress, anxiety, depression, like the numbers are crazy, especially since the pandemic. Exactly. This is huge. And yeah. A big factor behind that, especially in the, the pandemic has been money, money mm-hmm. issues has been, you know, people losing jobs and have been a lack of security and foundation. And so like the stuff that we're talking about here is not only to prevent all that, because we, we want, you know, I'm sure that every parent listening wants your kids to thrive in life and wants to make sure that they don't have to struggle um, in any way. And we're really building that. I say foundation because it really is. It's a foundation so that they can make sure that they never have to struggle. They never have to worry about debt or what they're going to do if they have debt. You know, like it's all of these things that we're taking that one step further and pre-programming to be like, okay, hey, 
money is not bad. Money is not good. Money is simply a tool. You can use it wisely. Get where you want to go. How do you earn money and not feel like you have to be part of a job? Or even if you love working with in a job, make sure that you're thriving financially, um, even without it. Mm-hmm. Like, and just have those things being implemented straight off the bat so that when they do want to uh, you know, go down a certain career path or a job or whatever it is they choose to, they don't have to worry financially. Mm-hmm. And they have that foundation and that self-confidence of being solid in, in their finances. And I fully think that a lot of the, you know, the mental struggles are very much so unfortunately linked to money matters. Uh, Anything in the scarcity realm, which often goes back to money. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some of the, a lot of kids growing up, as I said, they view spending as one of the things that they see first, but on top of that, money is one of the biggest arguments in in a home. Mm -hmm. And if that's what they're growing up with, you know, of course they're going to have, some heaviness and ickiness around money. And yes, you know, those conversations probably will continue coming up, but it's how we approach those conversations and how we make sure that everyone in the family knows that it's, it's not from a, a bad or negative space. It's just simply from a space of understanding and, Mm -hmm. and knowing where you're at as well as building that confidence in your kids to be like, Hey, you don't have to have these issues. You don't have to have these struggles if you start now. And don't even worry about that whole scarcity mindset when you're talking to them. Like you'll know that for yourself. But from a parent's perspective, talk to them in the terms that they understand and that they know and that they appreciate. As I said earlier, like link it with a goal that they have in mind, either a trip or something that they want to do, or maybe it's even like donating like that mm-hmm. I did you know, early on, like find something that's important to them and they will automatically start learning the good money habits, start automatically having the right mindsets around money. If you link it to a goal that actually fits with what they want and desire. Mm, I love that. Oh my gosh, this, this conversation is so rich. I invite our listeners to go back and listen again and not, <laughs> you don't have to be a parent to, to get something out of this, you know, but if you do, I think if you do have kids anywhere in the seven to 17 range, go check out this program. So I would love to be able to tell our listeners where to find you and where to find the programs at Fun Finance, uh, Fun Financial Freedom. <laughs> try to say that too fast. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. Uh, you can go to financialfreedom.com. So F-U-N, freedom.com And you can check us out there. Uh, we also have a 10 things parents need to teach their kids about money today before it's too late checklist. It's a long title, but it's needed. Um, <laughs> I love it. Go to 10thingsaboutmoney.com and uh, you can get that for free, actually. So it's a gift to your audience. And yeah, so... We're also on all the socials, so feel free to, to, to connect there. I'm also on all the socials, so I'd love to connect with anyone who would like that as well. Uh, so that's just Shivani Ray, and that's pretty much everywhere on all the platforms. But Awesome. Yeah. We will provide all of those links in the show notes, and you'll just be able to go check it out from there. Uh, Shivani, what a pleasure to have spoken with you today. I'm so thankful uh-huh to have had this opportunity and also for the work that you are doing. I think this is, it's imperative 
And I, I want to applaud all Gen Zers, which would be my kids as well, but you, and some of the younger millennials too, I think are in on this and really creating a push and a movement for more transparency about money, for more conversations about this, for more education. And I am getting like chills talking like this. (laughs) Um, But I definitely believe that you are a large impetus. Your company is a large impetus toward really changing the money mindset of an entire generation, which is going to, I believe, create a lot more peace, a lot more understanding, a lot more connection, hopefully less greed and all that gross stuff, but definitely more understanding, I think starts to take care of that anyway. I am very thankful for the work that you and your colleagues are doing. And I'm just really grateful that you were able to come on and share that with us today. Well, thank you so much. That means a lot. I think that you summed it up perfectly. I couldn't have said (laughs) any of those top points better. I think that's really what we, what we're aiming to do is really just change that mindset and you know transparency is a perfect word for it so thank you so much for having me oh it's my pleasure well i look forward to to following what you're doing i'm also going to very much have a not an unpressured conversation with my 15 year old and see if he'd like to check out the program and see if my 18 year old will come in and you know listen in a little bit she's taking an interest i, I really feel like for our family this would be a really nice addition to sending them out into the world prepared mm-hmm. We would love to have you as part of our community. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on and I wish you a wonderful day and just keep doing it. Keep going, go bigger. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. If you liked what you heard, be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. Please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.